Hey guys, welcome back to the house. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to episode one. Uh, this is Brad. This is Miles, back for episode two. Yeah, we did a pretty killer job last time uh, with the games that we picked for you. I want to highlight the games that we picked. We had Iowa State and Oklahoma plus 28 for Iowa State. And I'm going to give you credit for that one, Brad. Uh, you called uh, Iowa State would cover. Not only did they cover, they won. big win. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did say something about uh, which Baker Mayfield shows up and the non-winning Baker Mayfield showed up. We got the answer. We at home. It. We got it at home, got beat, got upset, and they stuck the flag in the ground. The one that I was really excited about, uh, Michigan State-Michigan, was such a great game for the Big Ten. We had that huge storm rolling in the fourth quarter, and oh Sparty God. pulled it out. Those fans looked like they had the best time of their lives playing playing in the rain. Even in a loss, even in defeat, they had a great time. But uh, Sparty went through, and they came through clutch. They look good. And let's how about that Bengals game, your team. Since he is back, Brad. Hey, they, they etched it out for us, and they got a win. What was the spread, 3.5? Uh, 3.5. Well, they win by four. Took it by four. Oh, yeah. A win's a win in my book. Yeah, a win's a win. So all three of those were looking good. Hey, we made you guys some money. What about uh, what college games do we have this week? Well, let's go ahead and roll into the college game. And uh, speaking of Sparty, Brad, uh, I wanted to talk about Michigan State and Minnesota. A little, little Big Ten highlight here because uh, you know how much I love to talk about my conference. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty glad you picked the uh, Big Ten because I'm learning a lot more about Big Ten since we've been doing this podcast together. Sure. Uh, same for me for the SEC. Oh, yeah. We're going to learn a lot. I'll tell you that. So this line surprised me a little bit, Brad. Uh, minus three and a half. It just – I know that the game is at Minnesota, and I'm and I'm well aware that uh, Minnesota has new energy under P.J. Fleck. But honestly, they're not really playing like it. Um, Minnesota has struggled this year already with uh, Big Ten losses to Maryland and Purdue, uh, okay. 31-24, 31-17 respectively. And I like Michigan State to not only win this game, but win this game comfortably. Wow. Okay, that is – Totally the opposite of what I was thinking. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. I haven't watched too many Minnesota games. I've caught glimpses. But I'm just going to go ahead and put this on Michigan State. Michigan State, they didn't really play a great offensive game. They held it down defensively. But when you look at the offense, the quarterback, what, maybe threw one touchdown? I'm going to give you a little fact here. I was looking this up. And Minnesota is averaging 360 yards per game. I, I don't think... Michigan State's going to score enough to keep up with Minnesota. And if they do, it's going to be one of those barn burners, like a 13-16 a to 16 kind of victory. Some some garbage is going to happen where Michigan State barely pulls it off. And that's just, that's just my opinion. All right, I think you have some great points there about Minnesota. On my side, I'm just kind of looking directly at Michigan State. Uh, Brian Lewerke is actually becoming one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah. Uh, first dynamic quarterback that we've seen at Michigan State in quite a while. Uh, this season, he's coming in with nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and he's got that dual threat ability. What really impressed me about him uh, was the fact that he grinded out 61 rushing yards against that Michigan defense uh, and a touchdown on the ground along with those passing stats. And that Michigan defense is the real deal. Oh, they, they are real. They are serious. And that's the only reason I'm giving Michigan the nod. If not, I would give Minnesota the win. Those last two losses were tough. They played against a tough Purdue team, and they lost. It was a nail-biter down to the end. So I'm still going to have to go with Minnesota plus 4.5. So we'll see who's got this one. Michigan State fourth in the country in total defense. So not only is that Michigan defense the real deal, we just witnessed two of the best defenses in the country in the rain, in the mud bowl. I'm sad that it's over. I I wish we could watch that every single week, and I kind of wanted to be there. Put my poncho on and see what happens. Me too. Me too. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the SEC. Uh, for me, probably the most intriguing game in the conference uh, besides Florida, Texas A&M uh, this week is Auburn and LSU. 
and I'm surprised at the 7.5 point spread in favor of Auburn. So what you think it should be more or less? I'm thinking it should be less. Less. So you think you're going to have a, another tight, classic Auburn-LSU game? Yeah, and I'm seeing by the smile on your face that we might be disagreeing back-to-back here. Yes, I love this it. Is, this is awesome. So <laughs> just go ahead and tell me why you think it should be a little bit tighter. Sure. Okay, so basically neither team, in my opinion, has been tested. Now, you could count last week that LSU was tested against Florida in the Swamp, and that was a big win for them. But if, you're, if we're looking at SEC wins, Auburn has wins this year against Ole Miss, Missouri, Mississippi State. Not much to write home about. Now, we know that that Auburn run defense is for real. Oh, it's great. It's great. It is. And uh, Geis has a quote-unquote nagging injury, I guess he's playing through. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I just think they want him to be tougher. I, I think they them rolling out saying that this nagging injury is just another another reason for them to say, hey, you got to toughen up. No nagging injury is going to keep you out of the game. It's time to put your pants on and be a man. But who are you picking? What? Well, I, I like what you said earlier about a tight, low-scoring Auburn-LSU game. I like LSU to cover here. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't like it as much if it wasn't that 7. Like, if, if we're talking 6.5, but given that extra point five, because I like Auburn to win this game by exactly a touchdown. You think it's going to be exactly to a touchdown? Okay, well, yeah. let me just put this here out for you. I think that Auburn is going to run wild over them. Crayon Johnson ran for 204 yards last game, and he ran – with power, with a purpose. One thing that I, I do agree with you, I think it's going to be a, a tight, tight game until the end. It's going to be a defensive battle. You we think have, Auburn will pull away? Yeah, we have Auburn's the 13th-ranked defense versus the 18th-ranked defense. But I don't think that LSU can score enough. And Auburn has two of the best defenders in the country with Jeff Holland and Carlton Davis. And I think they're going to, they're going to keep LSU at bay. One stat that I want to go throw at you too, uh, defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, he has his team on a roll defensively. Through five games, 55 points, no one's scoring. So That's huge. I, I, think, I think it'll be a 10-point game, and my edge is still going to go Auburn. So we'll see what happens in this SEC clash. Probably my most uh, interesting stat that, that I found yeah. for the Auburn offense. Okay. All right. They are 100th in the country in sack rate on passing downs, which they categorize passing downs as second or third and long. Okay. So the sack rate for those downs, 10.6%, which tells you that the offensive line is having issues with protection. Yeah, and I, I, could, I could see LSU creating some problems with that offensive line, but I don't think they're going to create enough, generate enough defense to stop that rushing attack. And correct me if I'm wrong, this is called the greatest rivalry in the South? Deepest rivalry in the South? It's, yeah, and it's I, one of those, right? I think it's something like that, but... Uh, this rivalry is amazing. Uh, the rivalry history is, what, 28-22 to 22 in favor of LSU? But let me tell you this. The last five times LSU has beaten Auburn, LSU's been ranked in the top 15. LSU's not ranked in the top 15 this year, and I think Auburn's going to steamroll them. All right, Brad. What do you got for me over on the college side? Okay, let's highlight some of the college games uh, we're going to go with. So this one was kind of intriguing to me. I am on the bandwagon. I'm sold. Washington State versus California. I'm pull, I'm picking Washington State minus 14. They're going to do it. Uh, Mike Leach has his team going pretty good. They're on a pretty good roll. They played against an effective, very, very effective Oregon rush offense. They beat them 33 to 10. Impressive. Very impressive. And, and you know, Oregon's, off, Oregon's averaging 260 yards per game. 
Take a guess how many yards they held Oregon's rush attempt to. 132. That's insane. They they cut their, they cut their rush offense in half. I, I think I really I really really like it, and I'm kind of a fanboy for Hercules. I don't know if you guys seen him. He's he's an undersized defensive lineman, and that man could play. He has heart, and I think at the next level they might move him to strong safety. They, I don't think he's gonna have the size for linebacker, but that man can play some football. I like what you're saying, Brad. You're agreeing with me? I'm agreeing with you on this one. I have Washington State winning this game easily, 38-14. I'm also a believer in Washington State, and that was after uh, their big win. Uh, it was against USC, if yes. I'm not mistaken, yeah, on that on that Friday night. That was an amazing game. That was a great game. Uh, great for the Washington State fan base. Luke Falk, the real deal, number one in the country in both completions and passing touchdowns. And he's fun to watch. How come no one's talking about him? How How is that? It's West Coast, Brad. It's West Coast, and I'm not up for those games unless uh, unless I'm betting, and I bet on a lot of those games. Sure. So it's what we call Pac-12 after dark. This is a 10:30 <laughs> p.m. start on the East Especially Coast. Especially us here in Florida, in Orlando, Florida, we're in bed by then. Right. And I was also looking at Cal losses. Oh my uh, God. USC 30 to 20. Yeah, they held close there, but they got destroyed by Oregon 45-24. Destroyed by Washington 38 to 7. And yes, they're at home, but nobody's going to be at this game. No one's watching that game. That's that's a game that they're going to they're going to tailgate and go home and go to sleep. Cal is not competing with Pac-12 competition. They're yes. just not. They're, and this Washington State team is for real. I don't know what happened to Cal. I don't know if they need uh, Jared Goff back or something, but they need some kind of spark and it's not coming this week. Washington State steamrolls them and runs them the hell over. So uh, let's move over to another one that I'm really excited to talk about, the Red River Showdown. So we were talking about last week how Michigan State-Michigan was one of my favorite games of the year. This is another one of my favorite games of the year. I'm just checking them off your bucket list. Yeah? Yeah. I'm just that's, The whole time we do this podcast, I'm going to go down the list of all your favorite games. I like the sound of that. So uh, <laughs> my winner here, it's going to be kind of a bit of a shock because when I was thinking about my, my uh, underdogs to win, I did think about Texas winning. But... In a bounce-back game, Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma are going to cover the spread. Of they're going to they're going to score. They're going to beat them by more than eight points. Maybe. I've been going uh, back and forth on this all week, and to be honest with you, I don't think we need to discuss much more. I think Oklahoma easily covers. I I like what you said earlier in the week. I remember when when you first brought this game up to me, and you said that it would be close for three quarters. Yeah. And you know what? I agree with that sentiment. This game will be close. Definitely. Oklahoma's going to pull away. Yeah, yeah. Blake, if Baker Mayfield can just stop trying to do too much and let the offense come to him, I think yeah. it's going to be an easy routing of of Tom Herman's team, and it's not going to be close in the fourth quarter. It's a bounce-back game, like you said. I don't know if I mentioned this. It is on a neutral field, too, uh, so that's going to help a lot. And let me throw this stat out at, at you. Uh, Oklahoma is 24-2 and two coming off a loss. I like that stat. I knew you were about to pull something like that out. I, on hey, me. I, I have to look at it, especially big emotion games. So for you betting fans out there, I don't know if you do this, Miles, but I do this a lot. If I see a team coming off a rough loss, I always look for them in the next week. I know if the line's not something ridiculous, I'm taking it every single time. Because normally after a bounce-back loss, or or even if you look at a big win, like Troy last night uh, losing to South Alabama, after they came off that big win, they still have that LSU high. South Alabama came in there and they said, hey, this is not going to be no cakewalk because we're South Alabama. Our defense is good and you guys aren't scoring points. And, and I think Oklahoma's defense is good too. And Texas, okay, Sam, Sam, Sam Ellinger is a great quarterback, but I don't think they're going to they're, they're gonna compete at the same level as Oklahoma through and through. Oklahoma's deep. Oklahoma's good. 
And I've been down on the Big 12 uh, the last couple of years. I'm up on the Big 12 this year. I think that there is a serious level of parity with these teams, and I think that Tom Herman's going to continue to struggle in his first year. He'll get the Longhorns where they need to be. But for now, Oklahoma's going to take this easily. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to our college football picks. Up next, we will have our NFL breakdown and underdogs of the week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to part one. So uh, this is part two, Miles, and we're going to talk about some NFL football. Let's do it. Are you excited? So the first game I'm going to highlight for you that I want you to tell me your thoughts on, and I'll tell you my thoughts on, is New England Patriots at the New York Football Jets. The line right now is 10 points. And it's a tricky line uh, with how the Patriots defense has played this year. Oh, it's, it's, it's atrocious. So my take... I still think New England's going to win by more than 10 points. I know that the uh, the Jets always play New England well, and New England normally is better when they're home, but although they're not playing at Gillette Stadium, I think they're going to come out here with a, with a decisive victory. I'm thinking it's somewhere like 35 to 17, and the only reason I'm saying this is because the Patriots need a bounce-back game. When are they going to have that bounce-back game? When are they going to stop skating by do you think it's going to happen anytime soon? Great minds think alike, Brad. I've got 35-24 Patriots. Patriots are going to go all the way. So um, last season's games, they were a little interesting. And I think the Patriots were better at this point last season when they played. But I also do think the Jets were a little bit better offensively. The Patriots won 22-17. Uh, and the last one that really stood out to me, and this was at Gillette, okay? So I know the Patriots are on the road. But they won 41-3. And that's what I keep going back to in my head when I was looking at this game is thinking about that 41-3 game. And not only that game, but kind of thinking about these matchups since 2010. Yeah. The Patriots have won this matchup 11 out of 15 times. It's a straight-up win. Four out of 11 of those wins by 10 or more. Now, it's a 36.3% clip, but okay. I like those odds. And you, so, you, so you're going with uh, New England? I'm going New England, for all sure. All day, right? Minus 10 all day. I, I think it's an easy cover. I think it's easy cover, and I think this is one of the bets that I'm going to put down that is my lock bet. I, I agree with you. It's I would put it down as a lock as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't really I care would. what people say about New England playing – I mean, uh, New York playing them tough. I, I'm still going with a lock here. And one thing I do want to give credit to, the Jets – they're playing good. They're, they're playing – I didn't think the Jets were going to win a game this season. How about the emergence of Safarian Jenkins? ASJ. And, <laughs> you know, he played for my Bucks for a little bit, and I was kind of down on him. I, I, I thought he was wasting his potential, but he served a suspension in every single game. He's caught over 60 yards, and what, he had a touchdown last game? He's, he's doing yeah. pretty good. And going, uh, going off what you were saying, uh, I was talking earlier this week, I thought the Jets were an 0-16 team. They continue to surprise me. Every single week. They're, they're undefeated at home. Mm-hmm. I think that, that win streak's going to come to an end when they play the Patriots, but yeah. props to them. And they have a great win against a good Jags team. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where did that nope. come from? I, I was not expecting that. You would have you told me they played the Jags. I'm thinking they're getting beat 35-10. to 10. Definitely. So uh, the next game I want to cover is uh, Miami at Atlanta. I'm just going to start this with three words. Jay Cutler stinks. He's so bad. Jay Cutler is terrible. So did you know Jay Cutler is 30th at a 32 ranking quarterbacks for a total QBR? I didn't know it, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, my. 74.8. And the only two he's ahead are rookies. That's – he tried to retire. He tried to retire, and I think he should have stayed retired. So let's put this, let's put this in perspective. We have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, 
Freeman. You even throw in Hooper, Tyler Gabriel. This offense is explosive. How in the heck are the Dolphins going to keep up? Dolphins have only scored 41 points all season, and 34 of those were only on offense. So their defense scored a touchdown for them, and they're only at 41. So on the flip side, we remember what the Bills did to the Falcons. A terrible offense. For me, it depends on if Julio Jones can go. Okay. I mean, I I think it's a big factor. Yes. I'll just I'll you know I'll just say that. Do you think if Julio doesn't play, they're not going to cover? I don't care if Julio does play. I got Miami plus eleven. Oh, (laughs) I like that one. You you threw a curveball at me. Okay, so you think it's Miami plus eleven? Miami's only scored forty one points all season. I know. They're coming off the biggest distraction they've had since signing Jay Cutler. And I know that was recent. It was embarrassing. But, but Chris Forster's white substance video incident. You don't think you don't think that's gonna be a distraction at all? I think it's a big reason why they're going to be distracted going into this week. The Dolphins defense has held all of their opponents under twenty points. Okay, and you, you what do you think? What was your score prediction if you have one? I mean, I know that the offense is bad. Uh, score prediction, I would say Falcons. 27-17. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll you know the Falcons are going to win this game comfortably. I got them winning by ten, but I like that extra point to make it eleven. So that's where I'm comfortable with Miami. And I must say that I do have to agree with you that extra point does make this a sucker bet. But I'm just going to keep being a sucker for the rest of the season because I got to go with my heart. I, I was I wanted to highlight this game and I, I couldn't feel comfortable taking Miami plus eleven. I just don't think they can get it done. I'm just looking up. The, I'm just looking at the matchups. We got Jay Ajayi versus Freeman and Cutler versus Ryan. Although the Falcons don't have the best defense in the world, Jay Cutler sucks. That O-line's not giving him help. And where the heck did Jay Ajayi go? Jay Ajayi had one explosive game for, what, 123 yards, and then he fell off the face of the earth. It's like Jay Ajayi didn't want to be the Jay Ajayi of last year. And I've been looking for him, too, you know, especially as far as fantasy goes and as far as Miami's production goes. And They need him. He's gone, and they need him. And I just wanted to say – not saying I'm confident about this bet, but I'm saying if I had to put something down on it, I like Miami. Okay, well, let's see what happens. Uh, we're doing a pretty good job this week of disagreeing with each other. I just want to throw this out there and uh, get your take on it real quick before we move on to the next one. Do you know if Devontae Parker is going to be playing? I don't. So I saw him on the report. He's still questionable. Uh, he was a limited uh, participant in practice today. Do you think that has a factor in, in the game? I think not as much just based on the fact that the Dolphins haven't done anything on offense anyway this year. And and most of his yards are garbage time yards anyways. Yeah. Okay, I I just wanted to get your take on that. So what games do you have for us? How about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, boy. Just go ahead. Lay it on me. What are you going to say? The Arizona Cardinals. So I have two thoughts or uh, two outcomes on this game that I like. (laughs) All right. Now, now don't worry. I like the Bucs to cover. Minus two. I think this could be a good statement game for the Bucs. I've been waiting for this Buccaneer team to show me something. They should have beat the Pats last should week. Should have beat the Pats, and Jameis could have played better. And I'll tell you my train of thought, all right? I started with the Bucs at the cover, minus two. And okay. then as I started to do a little digging, I started to like the over in this game, over 45. You do? I do. So we're talking about two of the best passing attacks in the NFL. Yes. The Arizona Cardinals are number two in passing yards per game at 289. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are number three at 288. The passing defenses, terrible. Terrible. God awful. Pa- where's Patrick Peterson? <laughs> okay, so 
in his credit, he did shut down Alshon Jeffries last week, but he's not playing at the highest level right now. He's come out as frustrated. Yes. They're talking about trading him. Yeah, and There's I a lot think, of distraction. I think a lot of it has to do with the supporting cast. Where's the Honey Badger? The Honey Badger's not out there making plays, and he got toast. He got toasted last week. I would agree with that. So um, I just want to throw this out here. What do you think about the Bucks kicking situation? You think it's going to affect the game? I think that it can't get any worse. <laughs> I think that adding Patrick Murray won't even matter because the Bucks are going to comfortably win this game. So let's take a look at this. Everyone has been texting me and calling me, and they've been saying, God dang, Jameis sucked last game. Jameis sucked really bad, quarters one through three. The man threw for over 240 yards in the fourth quarter, threw for a total of 334 yards. He, he showed up when it really mattered. That pass to O.J. Howard at the end, I don't think that was really his fault, and I don't think he, sh- I don't think he should have ever thrown that to a rookie in that situation. But I still think the Bucks are going to do pretty well. And the addition of Adrian Peterson, it's not going to be uh, this beautiful marriage. It's going to be no. hard knocks. That that offensive line sucks, and the Bucks defense are fourth in the NFL. They've only allowed two touchdowns all season and three point four yards per attempt. But their passing defense is 31st in the league. Awful, and I can't stand it. I'm just so tired of the Bucks drafting little DBs. It's little DBs with no chips on their shoulder. I think Brent Grimes is doing a great job, but you look at Hargraves. Hargraves is getting burnt, and he can't tackle. I, I don't know if I recall him being a terrible tackler in college, but I, I do see the shootout here. Carson Palmer has thrown for over 300 yards in three of his games. And he's played outstanding. He's been drinking from the fountain of youth when it comes to throwing the football. So you do like the over? I, I don't know if I like it, but I, I am flirting okay. with it. I, I do think that both teams can easily score in the 20s, and that makes an over very enticing. My last game here is one I never thought in my whole life I would be excited about. The Rams and the Jaguars. <laughs> Jaguars are leading the division. The Rams are in second. Oh They're both God. at three and two. It's in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's playing at four o'clock, Brad. They, they have a good time game now. Yeah. They're ready. They're, they're not this one o'clock BS. I can't remember a time, though, when the Jaguars showed up for a big game. When they showed up for a big game at home. At home. That's one thing that I was thinking about. Um, I want to hear, who'd you, who'd you get in this game? Rams minus two and a half. Rams minus two I like and it a half. lot. A lot, Brad. A lot, a lot? Yeah, I, I'm very confident in this one. So you like it even though Jared Goff threw two interceptions last game? Yeah, that, that doesn't really bother me, and I know the Jags got those five picks last week. This is more based on the fact that I just don't believe that the Jags can win in a big-time game at home. So you think they're going to choke? You don't think it has anything to do with their actual team? It's just more of It's history. more of the culture. The culture, the, the vibes that are coming out of there. I think it's kind of alarming that uh, Blake Bortles threw for under 100 yards and they still won a game because – I don't think he should be comfortable. He should want to be hungry. And for that reason, I'm picking Jacksonville. We talked about Fournette last week already. Oh, but this, my God. He's just fun to watch. 181 yards, two touchdowns. He's carrying the team on his back. So my man invited contact and still laid the dude out. Yeah. But he also showed off his Jets last game, which I liked a lot. So you're going, you're going L.A. here. I'm going Jacksonville. Which Jaguars team will show up? Losing yeah. to the Jets, 23-20. Losing to the Titans, with Mariota, mind you, 37-16. And that wasn't even close, not even from the not even start. A, not so. even a competitive game. Uh, in the long run, I'm a believer in both of these teams yes. and really excited. Definitely. Um, and I like that we disagree again. I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. And 
I don't know. I might be a little bitter because Todd Gurley only had 40 yards and a fumble last game. His first bad game so of the year. So that's the first bad game of the year. And another reason I'm giving the edge to Jacksonville is Goff might be better than Blake Bortles, but I think for the Rams to win the game, they need a complete performance from Goff and a complete performance from Todd Gurley. But Jacksonville can have a subpar performance from Blake Bortles and still win the game because I think Leonard Fournette is the game changer. He's that good. He's a difference maker. He he, he's on a whole different level right now than Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley's dang good, man. And this thought just occurred to me, but we're at a point here with this game. Leonard Fournette versus Todd Gurley. Two young stud young, running backs going at it in the NFL. spotlight. I love it. it, it it's so exciting to it's see great. Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette both playing at a high level. And both from the SEC. <laughs> you know, the best conference in the world. Sure, sure. All right, so I have the Rams winning 17-14. You, 17-14? Do you have a score for me? I do not have a score for you on this because I don't want to put out some garbage on how many points are going to happen again for the Jags. And I get owned, like last week. Because last week, you remember, I do, I did have the over, and it's not happened. It didn't happen. Fair enough. Well, can we go ahead and move on uh, to my favorite part of the day? Oh, we're going to talk about the uh, underdogs? We're going to talk about the dogs. The dogs. <laughs> and before we go into this, uh, we should probably lay out this little scoring system that we came up with. Okay, yeah. Just go ahead and explain to the fans how we're going to do this scoring. Okay. So, as you guys know, uh, Brad and I, each week, we both pick uh, three underdogs. And uh, we pick the underdogs that we think are going to win the game. And we only get credit for the win if they win outright. How we're going to do the points, instead of a record, which we both would have been one and two, what we're going to do is if you get the win, the amount of points are the amount of points that the spread dictated. Yes. So, for example, last week, Brad picked Michigan State to beat Michigan. Good pick. (laughs) Plus 13. So, Brad is sitting on the board with 13 points. Yes. I'm sitting on the board with 3.5 points because I had the Chargers over the Giants. Perfect. And that's where we sit. So uh, who are your dogs for this week? So for this week, I wanted to go with a little more of a balance. Okay. Because I actually believe in all three of these games. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Miami was impressive against Florida State last week. But watch out. I have Georgia Tech at plus six. Ooh, winning this game. Dude, I really right. like that one. Yeah? Yeah, that's a great it's one. It's typical ACC, doggy dog. Uh, G-Tech's going to pull it out. Yeah, I think so, too. Number two, talk about another conference where we're going to have all these two lost teams, the Big 12. I have Kansas State upsetting TCU this week, plus six. I was literally going to pick that, and then I go, I just can't go against Kenny the Hill Thrill. I, do, I have enjoyed watching Kenny Hill, by the way. He, this year, his resurgence. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm all is. for players who, who bounce back and, and make the name. Big so, time. What's your third game? So I'll tell you, I'm really confident with those two. Uh, my third game, I'm going Bears plus six and a half at Baltimore. Whew. I like Trubisky's it. second a game. Lot. There you have it. Do you think he's going to settle down and throw the ball a I little do. bit better? I think he's going to I think he's going to settle down, and I think the Ravens, even though their record doesn't dictate it, I think they're continuing to struggle. And they're god-awful. And I really like the Bears' running game. Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard have been dynamic this year. Dynamic. Jordan Howard's good north-south. Tyreek, Tyreek Hill stretching the field. I, I, love, I love that. It's a good combo, and I think in the long run, this is going to be a much improved Bears team. Yeah, definitely, especially with Trubisky out there. He, he showed that he's mobile, and he can move his feet, get out of the pocket. Glennon... And him both have similar throwing styles when it comes to throwing to the target, being accurate passers, but being able to extend the play with his feet is going to be a big thing. I like your picks this week. Yeah, but put I down do 18 and a half points for me this like week. like mine a little bit more. So my first one, I'm going to go with one that I am 
fairly confident in. I'm going to go with Duke as an eight-point dog win over FSU. I'm liking these ACC picks that we yeah, got I don't know. Here. The ACC is something to, to be messing with. So Duke last week shot themselves in the foot. I think they had something seven total penalties in like the first half or something. Something crazy. You can't win like that. But if Duke calms it down and they play smart, they're going to pick up the win over FSU. Jimbo Fisher has a great defense, but uh, he has a lot of work ahead of him. FSU and, will and, continue to struggle. Yeah, I think they'll continue to struggle, and Duke, Duke should run them over in this game. I think they should win by maybe two touchdowns. And you were high on Duke going into the season. I was really high on Duke. I, I was, I'm was. i not high on how they act like children on the field. But um, let me give you my second one. My second one is... Dun, 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 dun. So last week I picked Michigan State to win. This week I'm picking Minnesota. They're a four-and-a-half dog. You son of a bee. Dude, I have to, man. I have to. I just don't Straight think up, really. Michigan State's offense is going to be able to keep up with Minnesota. Minnesota lost two close games, too, and that does something to your character. This is either going to be a blowout where Michigan State destroys Minnesota, or Minnesota's going to say, enough is enough. No more close games. We're putting our foot on their throat, and we're stomping them. So my last game. This one was a tough one. I wanted to pick an NFL game uh, just because three college football is great, but I wanted to have something to root for um, on the weekend on Sunday. I'm going to go Pittsburgh beating Kansas City. And the only two reasons I'm picking Pittsburgh is because I think Big Brothersburg is going to have a bounce back game. And Peters, he's getting torched. He even said it himself. He said he doesn't know what's going on. I think that whoever he's covering whether it's Martavius Bryant or Antonio Brown, is going to light him up. So that's my dog right there. Big Ben's at a crossroads. Big should ben, be interesting. But he did say he might not have it, but he's 100% committed to football. I think he's going to be 100% committed to taking down Kansas City at home, making sure they are no longer undefeated. That's bold. How many points would that give you? That would give me a lot. A lot of points. I think that's, what, 14, 15 points. All right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to us. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. 